Hey guys, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about penis worms, microplastics, and the extinctions for 2021 in the United States. So penis worms. What in the fuck are penis worms? We don't know. We could guess. Are they worms? It's like an STD. Catch the penis worms. You know, you go out on a Friday night, Saturday night, down to your local pub or maybe enjoy the nightclub. Pick up a nice one night stander there and take them home. And next thing you know, penis worms. Or maybe penis worms might be one of those like a leech or something when you're swimming in the creek or in the river and uh you know you're just trying to enjoy your summer and all of a sudden boom penis worm flies right up there gotta go to the hospital get that shit ripped out maybe like penis worm could be like some sort of like infection you know you got like worms coming out of your <laughs> worms coming out of your penis well it turns out it's not any of those things and if you thought it was one of those things well you're pretty fucking stupid or you just got a demented mind like me but what a penis worm actually is it's uh kind of like um one of those like sea creatures lives inside like a shell it's like a cucumber like a sea cucumber so the news headlines for the penis worms was martin smith paleontologist from durham university in england he discovered a fossilized penis worm and in this fossilized penis worm he found that it was inhabiting a shell and they could deduct from this that this was the oldest known hermiting behavior in an animal. So hermiting behavior, what is that? That's when an animal occupies a shell that is not its own, like a hermit crab and some other animals that do that. So previously, the oldest known hermiting behavior was 170 million years. That was the oldest known animal to do that. I don't know which one it was, but that's how old it was. But these penis worms, you know, they came from fossils from the uh, Cambrian geologic period. So that's, and apparently that's three times older than the previous number of 170. And I'm going to be honest with you. I can't do the math off the top of my head. I ain't going to do it. You can probably do it. I ain't going to do it. I just feel dumb. Um... Yeah, so that's pretty much all I can say about penis worms. I thought it'd be more interesting. And honestly, I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be a shorter podcast because, I don't know, I thought that would at least stretch to seven minutes and I was half that. Next, you know, well, you could probably guess from the title of this episode, we're going to be talking microplastics. Microplastics. 
you know, plastic is in everything now. We got plastics everywhere. Even when you think something's not plastic, it's got like a coating or a layer of plastic in it. It's really, it's really, you know, diabolic. And we're going to get into it. So the news headline in regards to the um, microplastics was we have an ecologist by the name of Jessica Reichert. Reichert? I don't know. She's from Germany. And what she did was she did this little experiment. She exposed corals to microplastics in a lab. And what happened during that experiment was uh, some of them consumed it like it was food. Or they built it into their skeletons. So from that, she estimated that about 6 billion to 7 quadrillion microplastic particles. That's a big fucking window. I don't know how that's even considered scientifically sound, but okay. I guess when we're talking about microparticles, I guess it's okay. Uh, Anyway... They're permanently stored in the coral annually. So we got a fuck ton of plastic particles being stored in the coral by a lot annually. So that gets me thinking about like the coral reef in, you know, in and around Australia. And they're always talking about, you know, it's dying. We don't understand. Lots of species are being fucked over and I think it might be from like boats and the oil and the petrol that they're using and the gas and you know maybe they're thinking it's because like tourism and divers are going in and they're sneaking a little breaking off a little piece of coral putting in their pocket like a souvenir or some shit well maybe just maybe maybe it has something to do with these microplastics you know these little coral rock plant things you know they're Absorbing all the poison, all the microplastic. It's getting in there, getting into their insides, and it's just making them all dead inside. Like you at home listening to this. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the article went on to tell us some more about this so maybe something in this will be interesting and not boring as fuck we got 20,000 metric tons of microplastic in skeletons worldwide holy fuck it's heavy we got some heavy plastic so this is the first time that microplastic storage was um has ever been quantified so that's like a scientific achievement for quantifying um how much microplastic gets stored into like uh and I guess into anything in this case. It's interesting because earlier this year, I think like back in May, I remember I was listening to the radio and I was just paying attention to some news. And I heard Canada declares microplastics toxic or plastic is toxic. Yeah, I think it was just plastic in general. And from that, I'm like, huh. So after all these like peer reviewed studies and all these like journals and all these like published works on how bad plastic is, they started, they, they made it toxic. They said, okay, we're going to try to get rid of single use plastics. But the thing is, 
They made it toxic under the Canadian Environmental Protection Act, the SEPA. The good old SEPA, you know, protecting the environment. But um, the thing is, if it's toxic for the environment, you can pretty much bet your ass it's toxic for us as well. And we know this, but why aren't lengths being made to also protect us not just the environment from the answer is because i don't know they're just everything we use is plastic and it would be too much of a demand on the economy probably to do so but that doesn't mean you can take your own precautions from doing this i think i i, I read this book once and i i recommend i highly recommend this book to everybody it's a book called countdown it's by Dr. Uh, Shauna H. Swan and Dr. Shauna Swan. It's a really, really good book. It goes into detail about how plastic and all the chemicals that leach from different plastics, as we're all familiar with BPA and how that interacts with like our hormonal systems and all that stuff. But it basically detailed that, you know, through the rise of chemical petrochemicals, uh, plastics and all, all these stuff we use in all of our you know cutlery food uh utensils cooking utensils etc etc like the thing you stir in your pots to your pans you know these nylon or teflon you know pans all this stuff it's all like a certain type of poison you know it's all plastic it's toxic really and uh it seeps into your food into you and over the years, with the rise of this, they've been able to determine that, you know, male sperm counts are down. Um, you're seeing a reduction in uh, male reproductive organ size and, like, taint size. It, it sounds really scary. And, I mean, it should be, like, taken as a bit of a warning sign. Like, we should probably try to cut the use of, like, plastics we use in our day-to-day -day life. Not so like not only for our environment but also like for like ourselves so i mean no more you know plastic water bottles invest in like you know a filtration system for your water you know get a nice you know maybe like a steel stainless steel like yeti you know reusable water bottle container you don't have to get a yeti but no that's just like a good brand it's one of my favorites and like um you know maybe switch to like cast iron uh pots and pans and all that kind of stuff and you know maybe use wood to stir your pot and stuff like that uh instead of like these like um you know rubber and whatever else uh, and plastic ladles and you know spatulas all that stuff you like you want to switch to like you can't obviously use like uh, steel on them because you'll scratch the fuck out of them but i don't know i think wood is probably the best alternative in this case i know i probably sound like some crazy freaking conspiracy theorist but no you can look it up and there's plenty of studies and scientific journals on it it's just not advertised a lot for whatever reason but uh, I think it's getting more and more uh, attention as time goes on. So, yeah, um, highly suggest, you know, minimizing the amount of plastics you use, not only for the environment. So, like, when you use plastics, 
any kind of plastics, no matter what we do with them, throw them in the landfill, recycle, yada, yada, yada. Um, parts of it break down. It'll break down into like the soil. It'll break down into the water. Um, you know, when there's litter, it breaks down, right? Like into the soil, into like wherever it is, onto the road. Little parts of it will break down, you know, as it gets like really hot during the day, really cold at night. It just like starts to like break it down, degrade it and like into very micro, like microscopic forms. And then it's almost, it makes it difficult to filter. It gets into everything, into the ecosystem. It's bad for that. You know, birds, they'll, they'll see all kinds of like colorful things. They'll mistake it for something else to eat it. A lot of the times you'll see like these dead birds, like these dead seabirds. You'll see them on like the beach and stuff. And if their carcass has rotted enough away, you'll see like their chest cavity. It'll be full of like plastic and stuff. It's horrible. So for the environment, you should stop doing it. And more importantly for yourself and off and even more important for possibly if you're going to have kids, possibly for your kids, you know, think about your kids. This is where it gets like really kind of weird. Cause it's like, I think about like, I don't have kids myself, but when I think about like, you know, people that do and stuff like that, or like what I was raised on, it's like, you know, those old like plastic bottles and this and that. And it's like, well, fuck, like what's like an adequate replacement for that kind of stuff. You know, me personally, like now, like I don't even use the bag milk. Yeah. Canadian, eh? We got our bag milk here, but, um, if you go to like a local farm, which is where I get mine, I get mine out and buy Creamore, get Creamore uh, dairy milk or uh, Jersey milk. And uh, it comes in like big glass containers and I'm hoping there's like no like plastic like lining in on it or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I switched to that. I feel like that's probably like, it's like a small change I made. It's kind of a more expensive because it's got like a $2 deposit on the bottle. But I mean, you get that deposit back, I guess, but um yeah what else i don't know get like a filtration system for your water what what's my favorite kind of water again oh yeah it's like a it's a alkaline and like ph plus or something like that like i don't know i like like an alkaline water it tastes better with like minerals and stuff reverse osmosis bro try it out sometime um i don't care what anybody says water does taste better anyone that's had aquafina or like some terrible disgusting tap water knows water does taste better there's different ways to make water taste better um yeah i don't know that's about all i can say about plastics um what else can we go on to here? Oh, yeah, okay. Another news article. This one was kind of like, it it embellished a lot, I find. You know, like, if I find like a lot of stuff to do with nature, like science. It always tries to like make it sound like more like over the top than what it is or more like holy shit. And then you get to reading it and you're like, oh, you stupid cocksucker. Like, you're just looking, who wrote this article? Like, Maybe I'm the only one that cares enough to look into that kind of shit. But when I'm reading it, it's like, it's like when you travel and, you know, they always try to like, you know, upsell everything. It's, 
oh, let's go to the waterfall. You go to the waterfall. It's a babbling brook. It's not even a waterfall. It's a cascade at best. There's like, I don't know. They always try to upsell things. It's like, oh, let's go to Mirror Lake. Oh, it's Mirror Puddle. It's not a lake at all. It doesn't even have fish. I could rant about that forever. But anyway, articles are basically the same thing when they come to animals and nature and wildlife and all that kind of good shit that we talk about on this podcast. But um, so in this article, it was basically saying like tuskless elephants are evolving quickly in uh, Gorongosa National Park in Africa. And I thought to myself, wow. They're watching evolution happen right in front of their fucking eyes. That takes like fucking millions of years to fucking happen. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Turns out it's not really true. It's kind of like, I guess it sort of is, but not. I wouldn't constitute it as it at all. Um, it's more like selective breeding as opposed to actual evolution. But it's like, not really like, it's like, it's not selective breeding by people. It's kind of like just by circumstance so normally when elephants were born in this area about 18 percent of them were born without tusks and for the most part the other you know percent like i said i'm bad math don't fucking laugh at me was born with tusks and um over time it's basically increased so nowadays instead of being like 18 percent, we're now looking at about 81 percent of new elephants are born with tusks or without tusks so the reason for this was apparently there was some poaching in the area or you know these were hunted for their tusks the ivory and then over time pretty much all that remained or what predominantly remained was the tuskless elephants. And then obviously those ones reproduce and have babies. And then they're more likely to pass on the tuskless variant of their gene or whatever it is that they carry and so on and so forth. And then you have, you know, like these tuskless elephants, kind of neat, kind of sad, but it's interesting nonetheless. So I thought I'd bring it up. Um, how far am I into this? 18 minutes. Okay. I'm doing pretty well. You're not going to get a full hour out of me. I apologize, but you're probably not going to want to listen to me that long anyway. Um, let's see. We had the 2021 uh, United States of America extinctions come out. Uh, there was 23 species. Sounds sad, right? Like 23 species completely gone officially haven't been seen in years they threw the they took them off the critically endangered list and they said put them on the extinct list they're dead we have never seen them um but to break it down i'm not going to list them all because some of them have names and i didn't want to research and look into every single one but uh most of them were mussels, like those little like clam oyster things you see on the sides of rocks. You know, you ever slip into the rocks at the beach or like at the cove or wherever you go swimming 
and you get fucking torn, your leg gets fucking torn to ratchet when you slip and slide into that shit. Your leg's all cut up and your foot's all cut up. And they always end up being those invasive species of zebra muscle and they just fuck your shit. Oh my god. I've seen it happen to a few people. Wasn't nice, wasn't nice. But, um... Yeah, so apparently I guess they're beating out all these other, like, native species of mussels we have in the United States and stuff like that, so... It looks like, um, yeah, most of those were mussels. Uh, there was one plant as well that was on that list. Um, so I guess this is like an important message to say, like, uh, you, you ever travel or you ever go like outdoors and they always say like, you know, clean your boats, make sure you like fucking blast the shit out of your boats. Use like the cleaner and stuff on your boats. Make sure they're like. You haven't been anywhere else with your boat recently and how long has it been out of water for? The reason for all that shit is because, like, eggs and, like, I don't know, like, microscopic bullshit gets attached to the bottom of it and it hangs on there and lives. And then, like, let's say you go to, like, one lake where there's, like, tons of these fucking, like, I don't know, zebra mussels or some sort of invasive species of mussel. And they just, like, shit and piss all over the bottom of your boat. The hull of your boat. And then, like, hull? Hull of your boat? Is that the, uh, is that the, uh, yeah. And then, like, you know, you take that boat when it's covered in the shit and the piss of the mussels and you take it to, like, a nice pristine lake that doesn't have any of those, like, problems yet. Then you dump it in there and it's just, like, throwing a bunch of eggs into, like, a nice new environment. And then they take over and they push out everything. So this is why you got to clean your boats, people. If you don't clean your boats... You're going to fucking get my leg all fucked up and cut the rat shit next time I go visit there to go foot for a swim. If you don't clean your boats, my leg's going to be torn to rat shit. It's going to happen to you. It's going to happen to your friends. It's going to happen to everybody you care about. Clean your fucking boats. Public service announcement. That's a public service announcement. <laughs> Please understand. Uh... uh yeah, so another, a couple like the animals that are I thought were worth mentioning on there that are pretty sad that, you know, you or me will never get to see again. We'll never ever get to see maybe uh, in our life. If you haven't seen it before, they went extinct. Was uh, the ivory-billed woodpecker and the little uh, Mariana fruit bat. So Mariana fruit bat was in Guam. So I don't know if any of us would ever see that anyway. That's like by Guantanamo Bay, I think. And then uh, ivory billed woodpecker. I mean, that was, that's been said that be extinct now. So if you ever see one of those fucking things packing around, take a picture of it. You'll have a, a thought dead species picture. Be like a rare picture. You'll be famous. You'll be on Time Magazine. Not actually, but maybe Natural Geographic or some shit or 10,000 likes on Instagram. Uh, what's the... Moving on to the next topic here. Let's see. Um, this is also kind of to do with extinctions. So just recently, they found out that mammoths and Yukon wild horses lived in Canada up to 5,000 years ago. 
which I think is a lot better because I think it was 20,000 they thought it was before that. So it's like these are like a recently relatively, you know, extinction. Like, so we know the pyramids were being built around the same time that mammoths existed 20,000 years ago. So now it's only 5,000. It's like, huh, wow. It's a lot more uh, recent than once thought. And that, so they coexisted along humans. So we're basically responsible, probably in some way, shape or form responsible for their extinction. It's kind of like, sometimes they think it's just due to climate change. And there was a big like change in the climate, obviously, right? Like it was like a nice, at the ending of an ice age, they say we're still in an ice age as like the glaciers receding further and further and further and further back. And then eventually all of that will melt, sea levels will rise. But um, there was also like a giant cave bear that existed around that time. And one of the theories they think that stopped humans from like, and this is probably not even like, an accurate theory because i think people were in north america probably far longer than once thought you know previously but one of the like scientifically um recognized theories i guess about like um the inhabitants of like north americas or like the americas was that there was like the was that the 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 boring land bridge from like russia to like alaska uh, and what stopped people from crossing that into like the Americas was like this massive fucking short faced bear, like cave bear, I forget what it's called. And this was like a, a fucking like super predator that humans couldn't even fuck with at all. Like it would just like, it would just wreck their shit. Like imagine like a grizzly bear now, but, or polar bear. And this thing is like maybe twice the size of that. And they had long ass fucking legs, so it could probably move like the fucking dickens. Like it could just, could just cook across the field to you. But uh, so it turns out like they think, which it's probably wrong, was that the Americas weren't inhabited, or the inhabitation of the Americas coincides with the extinction of the short-faced bear. And they think that's because that bear was such a fucking alpha predator that it prevented humans from inhabiting the area. And humans couldn't even successfully move in and inhabit the area until that fucker went extinct. So maybe we played a role in that extinction because we had to like kill these fuckers off like as much as possible. But maybe we just had to let climate change do its thing back in the day. But, uh, yeah, that's sort of like an interesting side note. I kind of went off topic there. But um, when it comes to mammoths, it's kind of like the same story, right? Like, we move in, and then we fuck them all up. We just get, like, hungry and shit. They're just, like, a really good source of food. Um, but anyway, I'll get into this. So, like, in a paper published... In the, in, in the journal uh, Nature Communications, researchers from McMaster University, uh, and that's in Hamilton. So any of you guys uh, 
university grads from McMaster. Little shout out to you guys. And then the University of Alberta. Shout out to all my uh, Albertans listening to uh, the podcast. And if you're part of the alumni of the uh, University of Alberta, little shout out. And then uh, the American Museum of Natural History. And then the Yukon government also got a little bit of a nod in this paper, I guess. Just because I guess they uh, allowed all that stuff to happen. They probably didn't do much of anything, though. Actually, I should be wrong. I shouldn't say that. I don't know shit about it. Uh, so in this, they presented 30,000-year DNA record of past environments. So basically, they cored a soil sample. So when you core a soil sample, that's basically like you're digging down deep, but it's like um, a big cylinder that you're putting down into the ground or the ice or the permafrost and you're basically taking out a big long like pipe of ground and the longer the pipe is the further down it goes and then that gives you like an accurate record of you know all the soil that's piled on top of it since or all the ice that's piled on top of it since or the snow and you can see like you know, when a volcano erupted, because it'll be like a layer of ash in there. You can see like when, uh, what the CO2 levels were, because you can test what the CO2 levels are in that like section of the ice or the ground. So anyway, they had a core sample from um, uh, the Klondike region of the Yukon, and they took that out of the soil. So basically, when they looked 5,000 years back, they could see a lot of um evidence of mammoth and um the yukon wild horses so obviously they're probably finding a lot of its dna in terms of its like fecal matter maybe like it's like um uh its corpse or whatever like uh, the decaying of its bodies so that's how they figured that out they science the shit out of it like matt damon and uh, the martian just science the shit out of it <laughs> I think that's the like phrase that just makes people cringe that are like actual scientists because it's just like, yeah, I just got to science the shit out of it. And then it was like, yeah, science. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of cool. So we found out that mammoths were around a lot longer, which kind of goes back to like this like startup company. I probably mentioned it in other podcasts before this. It's called Colossal. And what they want to do I'm following them on Instagram. What they want to do is they want to uh, they want to bring the mammoth back to life. They want to bring some like extinct animals back to life. But right now, I think their primary focus is the mammoth because obviously the mammoth was the biggest, the most badass of all the Ice Age animals. And now, apparently, the most recently extinct. And it kind of brings more justification into bringing it back because it's kind of like, hey, look, uh, humans kind of fucked that up. It wasn't like a natural thing that happened. Maybe we killed it off. Well, maybe a combination of climate change, but probably also a combination of us just overhunting. Um, so they want to bring that back because they want to. They want to bring back the grazers from like that time period to help uh, slow down climate change. I I couldn't. I didn't really understand the argument. I'd have to read more into it. But what they were saying was basically like. 
if you bring those animals back, they'll help prevent climate. Like the they'll eat the decaying matter from the permafrost or some shit, so it won't like emit into CO two, which I felt was like kind of like um. It was kind of a poor excuse to bring an animal back from extinction. So, but what I've actually dug up here, I feel like we got some kind of better reasons. It's kind of like, well, maybe we killed it off too early for one, possibly. But um, there's also another thing here. Uh, I think this was a study by Yale University. And that determined that the loss of ancient grazers you know, like giant bison, mammoth, horses, etc., etc. All those things from like the, what was it called? Like the Pleistocene? Yeah, that era. Um, it triggered a global rise in fires. So like natural forest fires increased more because I guess the idea was that you need like a lot of grazers. You need like a bunch of fucking grazing animals to kind of eat up the shrubbery that's like a little bit drier or the grasses that are a little bit drier. So when it gets really hot out and like, you know, something starts to like, you got like a pile of like dead hay, dead grass somewhere out in the bush. And you know, it starts to like, it's like kind of like forming like a compost pile. And sometimes like a compost pile can like catch fire because like all the dead matter and there's like a bit of methane in there. And then like, it like gets really smoky and hot. Like, it's kind of like how crocodiles keep a nest warm is that they just pile on a bunch of like organic matter on top of their eggs and it keeps it really, really, really hot. It's the same idea. It's just that now it kind of like starts to smoke and then it catches fire, turns into a forest fire. But if you had more grazing animals, apparently that would stop the fires from like igniting and starting as frequently. Um, I actually ended up sharing this article with um with colossal on instagram i sent it to them i was like hey you know if you guys need more of like campaign material here's a little article you can take a look in because the excuses you're throwing out right now people ain't buying it doesn't make a lot of fucking sense but you know here's something that sounds better it sounds like it makes more sense sounds more like scientifically sound instead of just sounding like you're trying to come up with like a cheap excuse to like you know, do some science, but, um, yeah, they, they actually got back to me. They said, Oh, like, nice. Thanks for sharing. Just like, you know, it was nothing important. It wasn't like I was talking to anybody special, but you know, probably just like a, they're like, uh, Instagram rep or like their social media, like rep or whatever they employee they got there. Um, but that also, like, when I thought of, when I read that article, when I read that, like, little, like, study from the University of Yale, one thing I thought about that I'm not sure was mentioned in that, because I didn't read the whole thing, but I read, like, a nice chunk of it. There was, there's, like, like, back in the 1800s, there was these things, there's this, these fucking locusts called Rocky Mountain Locusts. And these things were a fucking problem. Like, they would, like, cloud the sky like a thick fog. Like, there'd be, like... This is well-documented. This isn't bullshit. There'd be, like, a swarm, and it would just, like, take over. They'd come in, they'd eat fucking everything. All the farmers' crops, everything. They started eating, like, 
they, I, they would eat like 30 in your clothes. They would eat like all the hair off the animals. Like these fucking things were crazy. And they would do it like regularly every year or every few years. And like back then, like obviously like you can't be losing all your crops, like all the stuff that's feeding like the country to this, like the swarm of locusts. So they started using like pesticides, I think, or like fire, <laughs> just like burning them all this shit. But then they also got like pretty smart with it. Like they were going to where like their like nesting grounds were. I think it was like along some alongside some river. They would just go and like they were like paying people for like by the bushel of like dead locusts and stuff. There was like a real active like thing to like kill off these like pests. But they're extinct now. They're fully extinct, and that's not that long ago. But I'm thinking like maybe these fucking things that ate fucking everything like the goddamn plague maybe they were kind of like something that kept balance in nature they stopped the forest fires from happening you know maybe it's not just ancient grazers maybe it's also like ancient grazers in combination with the Rocky Mountain locusts if you ever I I don't know Rocky Mountain locusts Locusts are a pretty interesting fucking thing. Yeah, you should Google it sometime. Look at the pictures of it. I think there might be some old pictures and stuff online. Yeah, so I think that's the end of this podcast. That's all I got for today. Those are all the news articles I felt worth mentioning over. That basically came out. Those articles basically came out uh, through November and December. And yeah. That was like this is like a news recap for the month of everything that I thought might be kind of interesting or I felt like talking about. I hope uh, all y'all learned something from it and um, found it interesting. Keep on listening, and I'll keep making these no matter what, even if nobody's listening, because I need hobbies. And this is one I don't have to leave the house for. Pretty fucking excellent, actually. And um, every now and then I like it when my friends join me. I think the next podcast is going to be a decent one. Hopefully my, I'm going to have like a couple people on to shoot the shit. Um, hopefully we can make it a little interesting for everybody else instead of just being, you know, about nothing. Um, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. I'll see you. In, I'm going to try to do this once a week, so I'll see you next week. Um, if you're enjoying what it is here, uh, depending on where you're listening to this, you can uh, follow it, you know, on Spotify or hit the notification bell to get notifications when I'm uploading new ones. All that little bit of support helps. Um, yeah. Cheers. <laughs>